Hi there, my name's Adam Parr. I'm the podcast host, the Parr City Podcast. In this podcast, you'll be listening to me connect with people from different walks of life, from the military to people in the music industry to people in the self-help industry and many other areas of life. In this podcast, I'll be talking about topics from self-help, mental health, motivation, spirituality, mindset, society, current affairs, and much, much more. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, share, and let me know your feedback. My main intention on this podcast is to have a positive impact. For you, the the listener, to take something positive from it, to apply something positive into your life from this. Now, with without further ado, let's get into this podcast and enjoy. Hi, and welcome to the Power of Duty podcast. On today's episode, I'm with Remy. She's a music artist that has some major hits from Star Spangled, do Your Thing, Bump It, in collaborations with Nudes, with music featured on Apple iPhone TV commercials as well. We talk about life, consciousness, connectivity, human connection, energy, positivity, living your dream, and much, much more. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hi, Remy. How are you? You right? Hold on. Can you see me? Uh, I can't. Yeah, I can see a picture. You might need to press oh, no, the... Here we go. Oh, there we go. Magic. Here we are. Perfect. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. How are you? You okay? I'm doing all right. Good. Drinking some coffee. Nice. Second round of the day. <laughs> Where do you live? Me. I'm I'm from the United Kingdom, so I'm I'm based in a place called Cornwall, so like the coastal part of the UK. Okay. Like the cool. south southwest. Okay. But I've like actually I've never been to the UK, which I know is like yeah. crazy. Yeah. So I always feel when people like I talk to a lot of people who live there just like through music and stuff, and I'm always just like I'm so sorry that I literally know nothing yeah. about where you live. <laughs> it just feels very classic American, you know, to know literally nothing about anything else in the world. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I'm just gonna own up to it. <laughs> so there's, there's, you know, I think. There's, there's quite a lot of things about the UK, and the thing is, like, accents. Like, I'm from Nottingham originally. Okay. So, like, Robin Hood. Do you know Robin Hood? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that, that's the town, city I'm from. So, different parts of the UK where you're from have different accents. Probably, like, you know, in America. Right. And different ways of pronouncing things. And, but, yeah. Yeah. The, the only accent 
that I know about are like um like Oliver Twist accent. Yeah. <laughs> very That's like how poor people talk, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like I grew up in the south in the US and yeah. you can probably hear my southern accent. Yeah. I don't know if you could tell, maybe it's the same, whatever, but yeah. That's how I've always kind of you know, people in the south they talk like this and sound mm. like idiots. Mm, you mm. know? And so I'm just I just always am like, Okay, there's equivalence to that. Yeah. In other countries too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. it's, it's interesting, like, because we're all different, aren't we? And all from different continents and places. Yeah. So it's interesting to, like, you know, learn about where someone else is from. Totally. Yeah. And it's really crazy, like, from country to country, obviously cultures are different, but, you know, in the U.S., and in other countries too, like we—I mm. don't know—I just feel like the microcosms of like different regional cultures. Mm. You don't really understand that until you go like spend time in yeah. a country and kind of like understand like okay, there's kind of these general like ideas or perspectives or values that people in a country generally have, but mm. then that even varies. It manifests in different ways depending on mm. you know the region, which is like typically more about like income levels and access to education um diversity as well you know like the south is so in the united states i feel like there's such a you know there's a lot of ignorance and i don't mean that in a in a Mm -hmm. i mean that in the literal sense of the term ignorance like there's an ignorance of kind of um you know other ideas and things that exist just because like people typically who are born there like stay there and people don't move to that area so there's not like a diversity of thought and experience and background and stuff where you go to like LA or Seattle or whatever. And there's, you know, typically more education because there's like more curiosity. There's more diversity of like thought and ideas. So it's been interesting living in both bigger cities in the U S and then also having a lot of families still like in rural areas and spending, you know, the first like 15 years of my life there. It's like, I feel like I kind of have a perspective that, I kind of see both of them, and I'm like, oh, it's just interesting. Yeah, no, it's it's important to to travel, isn't it, and to see different areas. And I can see what you mean with certain, like different country, different sorry, different parts, like cities and rural areas. Like the culture, right. the culture is very different. The how people think is very different, and there's sure. big things that are going on there that aren't necessarily going on in other places. Like, right. I mean, I'm from Nottingham originally, which is quite a big city. Yeah. It's in part of the East Midlands, near like Birmingham and Leicester and places like that. Okay. And, and then down here in Cornwall, where I am, it's very cut off, it's very coastal, and it's very laid back. And okay. It's in the country. So, okay. like you said, you see two different sides to things. It's like I'm the similar here. I'm from a city originally, so I can kind of see. Okay. What it's like. Do you live in like a more rural area now than what you grew up in? Oh yeah, yeah, massively, massively. What What brought you there to a more rural area? Um, my my grandma uh, retired and moved down to Cornwall, down here, and then uh-huh. me and my mom and my brothers we then followed and came down. Oh cool. So yeah, we kind of ended up down. We've been about seven or eight years now. I moved down okay. when I was nineteen. Cool. That's really cool. Yeah. That's like culturally. Is that like pretty common in the UK for like like family? Like when that happens, like 
because like that never ha- I would say that never happened like I I don't know if I've ever met anyone that's like oh yeah like my grandparent like retired and we all moved to like be close to them like it's kind of the other way around like, yeah. like to older people it's like peace good luck fending for yourself yeah like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's um I mean that happens you know in some families I think a lot of people do move from like you know the city to the country it's funny people from the city kind of move to the country people from the country usually sometimes either don't move or they go up to the city right but like the differences here is that you know public transport you're very lucky right you can go everywhere i mean you have to drive really if you want to go anywhere where i live um okay tesco's like 20 minute drive buses are like once every hour if you're lucky wow so it's a big shift, you know, like, because when I first came down here, I didn't really drive. Yeah. So, you face all these different challenges. Yeah. It definitely affects the way you, like, see and feel in the world when you're, like, having to sit behind the yeah. wheel of a car and, like, every time you go somewhere, you're like, maybe I'll die. Maybe yeah. I won't. I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, it's so crazy. I feel like during this quarantine, I don't, I haven't really, like, obviously been going as many places and when I do drive now, it's been like, you know, maybe two weeks since I've driven anywhere. And so I'm just feeling, I'm like, oh my God, this is so stressful. Yeah. Like, how can I do this less? Yeah. You know? It's, 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 it's uncertain times, isn't it? But um, I, I, I always say to people, you know, you need to focus on what you can control. You know, like the pandemic and everything else, you can't control that. You focus sure. on, If you focus on that, it's just going to stress you out. Um, sure. But like, but with you like your your music, like, kind of, what kind of got you into your music? Well, like doing music. Been many many years ago. Yeah. Once upon a time, um, I was just really into music as a kid. Um, mm. I grew up like my family's pretty religious, so I'm I'm really not anymore. But my that's where I was raised in. And yeah. Uh, we went to church and um, very musical. Like in the South, church is like very very musical. That's like one of the huge components of it Mm. just a more spirited experience i guess it's not like mass where it's just kind of like really somber you know so anyways yeah i don't i don't know really there's not like a ton of musicianship or anything in my family so i don't really know where it came from but yeah i was like when i was like six or seven i like asked to start taking piano lessons so i started doing that learned to play guitar and um started writing songs when i was like in high school and you know, it never really became, like, a conscious choice, I guess, to, like, do it for a living. It was just something that just kind of kept unfolding into more and more opportunities. Mm-hmm. So um, I went to college and got my, like, a bachelor's degree, but I I just kind of did that because I had the opportunity to, and but, like, I was kind of playing gigs and stuff the whole time. And then after college, I, like, moved up to Nashville to start trying to, like, do the whole thing, you know. And I was already touring and stuff like that, but I don't know, just decided to move up and make it official. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, I guess it's just kind of, like, always been, like, what I've done. Um, For me, like, I feel like it's been more about, like, the struggle was never really, like, getting into the industry, like, meeting people. I feel like that stuff just kind of, like, flowed, which is cool, but I've always kind of been my worst, own worst enemy with, like, just psychological stuff of, like, Mm. you know, just, like, um, one of the biggest things is just always feeling like, uh, nobody, 
it's it's really funny because everything always came together of people like helping me out and wanting to like help me get to the next level but I always just felt like I was bothering people and like nobody wanted to do me any favors or I felt like I was being done favors I just had this whole kind of just very much seeing the world as like other you know and like I have to convince people to help me whereas like now that I've kind of like dived into that stuff like how I see the world and you know you know that I that I used to see it as essentially like a hostile mm-hmm. unfriendly place and so anyways um that's been a big point of growth for me and and also just like creatively trying to I'm actually starting a, my first episode of an Instagram live show tomorrow that I'm oh, doing nice. about like specifically about like the spontaneity of creativity and um trying to just like foster more of that in life because you know so much of the challenge I feel like psychologically in creating is thinking too much you know about like what you should be doing and trying to like plot everything out and you're really like closing yourself off to inspiration and like the spontaneity that typically like really great ideas and especially ideas that change people and influence and touch people and yourself like when you're trying to like plan everything out and be super rational about it you kind of would like blocking that stuff out you know mm-hmm. so that's been a big part of my journey as well and I decided to start you know doing a show about it to just kind of share what I've been learning because I'm just like I wish I had known this a few years ago mm-hmm. you know what I mean <laughs> so hopefully hopefully it'll be helpful it'll definitely be helpful for me to like talk more about but yeah hopefully it'll be helpful to others too yeah that's awesome I mean like you said you started playing like piano and then getting into music and then kind of branching out into other areas and getting further out there and like you said, um, meeting people just kind of came naturally and stuff like that. And yeah. Like with like, so like when when where did you actually go? Um, when when you branched out from music, like where did you head head to, like location wise? Oh yeah, so like, so I was like raised in the south in Louisiana, central Louisiana, the state, like literally middle of nowhere. And uh, when I was 15, my family moved to Orlando, Florida, um, Disney there. World. Everybody yeah. knows. I've been there. So. Um, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Florida's Florida's a rare breed of places for sure. But um, <laughs> yeah, like at the time when we moved there, they actually had a pretty pretty cool little music scene that was coming up. So um, that was cool for me, you know. But I, I kind of once I finished college, uh, I was I was like 21, 22. I moved up to Nashville. Um, I knew like a few people that I had met just from touring who lived in Nashville and basically like they just kind of introduced me to more people and I ended up like like linking up with this one guy that um, worked in publishing there and he didn't sign me to a publishing deal but he like started managing me and setting me up for like co-writes and stuff so um, he ended up moving um, to another city and so we stopped working together Um, but I just you know kind of just you know, just relationships yeah. kind of domino into meeting other people and, um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it just shows you how, like, it's like a domino effect, isn't it? You know, you meet someone, you go somewhere, and then it just kind of... Totally. Uh, like, ripple effect just goes from there. You know, you meet someone, yeah. they let lead you to someone else, you do something. Always. Always. That's amazing. Yeah. And, like, it's, it's great what you're saying about your Instagram Live and stuff, and that's a really good thing to do as well. You know, yeah. and like, it's a big thing to do, I find, as well. So, I mean, like, fair play for, you know, wanting to do that and help other people. Because, I mean, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, and for sure. 
Yeah, just to feel like you're contributing something, you know, like mm. to the world. And I feel like that's been a really big shift for me in my, you know, I, I'm, I literally forgot how old I was. I'm 31. I'm 31. <laughs> I was like, am I 30 or 31? Whoa. Um, so I'm 31, and I, I feel like in the last few years, you know, I've been doing this. Like, I moved to Nashville like 10 years ago, and I actually live right now. I'm in I live in Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Um, we moved here. My partner and I moved here last year. Um, and I'm actually really thankful for how all that worked out because yeah. with this quarantining and stuff, we've ended up like we have a pool and there's like sunshine. So I'm yeah. like. It's good yeah. accidental situation. Yeah. <laughs> right. But anyways, um, don't even know how I started bragging about my pool no, in the middle of all that. Yes, no, but um, home comfort is important. Makes you appreciate things, I think. Like, yeah, it's true. Yeah. But I was talking about moving to Nashville and... Um, meeting people. Meeting people. Man, the train of thought has just left the station. <laughs> no, use that. You're saying like, you know, like Instagram Live and providing something to people and helping people. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay. I got it back. It's okay. Yeah, so like, I feel like, you know, like 10 years ago I moved to Nashville and like in that time period, like so much of the struggle was just like, why am I doing this? You know, yeah, because yeah. like, you know, A of all being an entrepreneur, which like trying to like launch, your, launch yourself as like a professional, like it really is similar to like launching your own business you know yeah, granted yeah. you're the only employee so it's like that's easier you don't have to like deal with payroll and stuff but like it's like a whole thing you really are kind of your own support system yeah. in a way you know um you really have to kind of like pave the way and so doing that I just always was kind of like yo like why am I doing this and you know I kind of have realized in the last couple of years that like trying to there's a difference between like creating art and then trying to do it professionally you know like so many people all over the world like create things they play piano and draw and do whatever and it's just their creative expression of what they offer but like trying to do it for a living have a platform and all this it's like kind of a different breed of thing that feels like it requires a certain amount of ego that i've been uncomfortable with to a certain extent yeah, but yeah. i still keep doing it you know yeah so anyways in the last couple of years i kind of was able to maybe admit to myself that like part of the reason that I was like pursuing this professionally was like to have some kind of validation for myself from mm -hmm. like an audience or from press outlets or like people in the industry like I was trying to feel good about myself mm -hmm. in a certain egoic way you yeah. know and um that really sucked you know to like come to terms with but also super freeing because I feel like now I am able to, like, create and offer things to the world just simply out of, like, the desire to give, you mm -hmm. know? And I'm just like, yo, like, as long as I'm making enough money that I need to, like, be okay, yeah. you know? And to, like, have a good life. I don't, this is not about, like, recognition for me anymore. It's, I don't need to be validated. Like, mm. I'm good in and of myself, like, as I am. And anything that I want to offer creatively because of, like, any gifts that I have or any experience that I want to communicate, mm. like, that's just a gift. And I'm here to, like, offer that. Mm. And, like, people come to a song that, that I might write with, like, an intention. And then somebody else comes to it with their experience. And the song takes on a whole other meaning. Mm. And, like, they're kind of co-writing the song in that sense you know what i mean like yeah, it just yeah. takes on a whole other life so that kind of stuff is like really inspiring to me now you know just 
talking about like contributing what you can to the world and being mm. able to do that a little more free of like any kind of needs that I have for validation. Mm. Oh, I just feel so much better, yeah. you know, just to give, just to give. Yeah. I think that's really, you know, really important what you said. And I, I think that's where a lot of artists kind of fail to make that switch or they don't kind of grow through that understanding of it. Cause like you see a lot of artists who are doing really well and then yeah. they get all this money and then, they like you said, the ego is quite significant, and then yeah. get, you know, all the, you know all the madness happens, and then they come out of the end, and they some sometimes it's only till afterwards they go through that they kind of think to themselves, oh, you know, like what right. And like you said, with your music, it's an outlet, isn't it, in some way? And yeah, it's your creativity and your energy, and you know your like you and your music, you know that that's you're providing that to some to people the audience and then they can take something from it isn't it? you're providing value in this right amazing way i mean i i listened to one of your songs like 20 times every day um <laughs> star 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 spangled oh star spangled oh yeah, yeah. Like Oof, you, you that's got, a good one that's, you, that's an old one it's a good one yeah, yeah like you, you've got an amazing voice like thank you just put it out there and it's like your music's quite deep as well like you know it's it, it, it's really deep and it's really like you know like bounce let's go yeah and i saw your john lennon cover as well that was really good thank you um you're welcome beautiful song it's yeah. hard to mess it up <laughs> yeah <laughs> and um i i first basically heard about your music because my my brother uh is into oliver tree oh okay and we went to bristol and then we watched him and then nudes was there Okay. I, I never heard of all of the trail nudes. That was um was that was last was that last summer or last it fall? Last It was last year. I think it was last fall. Yeah. Um yeah, then I got into nudes and then I, I saw your song with nudes. Like Yeah. Like Bump It and uh Do Your Thing. Yeah. Like it's so I love I love those songs and they're so catchy as well. And, yeah, um, how, how, I love how, working with him. Yeah, how how did you get to meet Nudes and and um, collab and do those songs? How did you? Yeah, um, well, let's see. It was um, it was a very it almost didn't happen. Um, it was a very tenuous situation. So I was signed to a label for a small little um bit. Mm. and they um, had brought me out to L.A. to do some writing. It was, I like, think, maybe only, like, my second time I had ever been out there. And um, they introduced me to this guy, Sean, who is one of Josh's, Josh's really yeah, good friends yeah, and yeah. one of my good friends as well now. So they introduced me to Sean, and we kind of, like, had we, like, wrote together one night um, in the studio in the hotel we were staying at, and Sean was like, you know, he's like, I'm writing with my buddy Josh tomorrow. He's like, I think you would really like him. And I actually had another write scheduled for the next day, but it was, I think it wasn't starting until like one in the afternoon or something. So I was like, you know, I was like, okay, let's do it. I can go at 11. I only have like a couple hours, but let's just see what we can do. So he was like, okay, cool. So I meet him over there the next morning and it was at Josh's house. And, you know, honestly, it was so much of a blur. We wrote Do Your Thing in that, in that session. And, um, so literally me and Sean sat down on the couch and Josh had a beat 
that doesn't sound anything like what do your thing sounds like now. Josh sometimes will do that, like just reinvent the tracks like over yeah. and over and over until he gets it right. Um, so anyways, yeah, we sat down and like Sean and I just really started, Sean's like really, his gift is just like, he just can channel and like start throwing out ideas. So he started throwing out a couple lines and I just ran with it. And um, so we had some verses written. Oh, my dog just came in here. Yeah, it's okay. And, um, <laughs> And anyways, um, yeah, it was it was a crazy experience. I mean, we ended up writing the whole thing in those, like, two hours because I had wow. to go, you know? But, yeah, I just, the whole chorus, the whole hook of your thing was, like, literally Josh gave me a mic. I was sitting on the floor in the room, and he was, like, uh, I had said at some point, Sean was, like, I have to go to the bathroom. And I was, like, oh, yeah, man, I'll go do your thing. And Sean was, or Josh was, like, that's the song. That's the song. And he gave me the mic, and he was like, just start, here's the beat, just start singing, do your thing, just start singing it in a bunch of different ways. Wow. And so I just started some different stuff, and I got on this one, the, do you, do you, yeah. thing, do you, and he was like, he was just like, keep going, keep going. Wow. So it was pretty sick, yeah. And, and I, you know, I had no idea, obviously, that, you know, that was like in, in the summer of 20, 2017, or the spring of 2017, yeah. and then, of course, you know, it came out that fall, and then we got word about the uh, iPhone ad that December. Um, so, you know, it was out for a few months, and we were kind of just like, okay, like, it's a cool song. I guess maybe it'll get a bump on streaming at some point. Yeah. And then I got that um, that Apple ad and blew wow. up, which was awesome. That's yeah. Crazy. Yeah, so that's how I met Josh, and now we're really good friends, and, you know, we visit each other. And, yeah, yeah I think it's just having that one session that just, like, the chemistry was just awesome, and... Um, yeah, almost didn't happen though. Pretty wild, huh? It's crazy, isn't it? It's like, it's not yeah. like how, like, you hear of, like, these like, stories sometimes where, like, people made a song and, like you said, you know, made it in a couple of hours. Yeah, totally. Sometimes it happens like that. It just blew up. And some people can make, I don't know, like, make songs for months and months and then it does well, yeah. but not quite, like, songs that, you know, yeah. in two hours. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it just it just depends, you know. I mean, like I think it depends on the spirit of the song, really, you know. And a lot of what Josh does is he really just captures like the energy of the moment in the room. And it's not about it being polished or like having, you know, this pop sound or something mm, like yeah. that. So there's not really a lot to go back and edit. It's just like if the energy's there in the room, yeah, he's really fast and can really capture it. Yeah. And it's just there, you know. But other people, you know, write in different ways. And, like, mm. for me, when I write alone, like, often it'll take me a month to, like, yeah. get something to the point where, you know, and you listen to something like Star Spangled and you, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, it's different. Like, it's thought out yeah. and, you know. So, like, what? I add a lot of parts. And, anyway, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, so, I was just saying, like, how, so what kind of, um, like, the music videos and stuff, like, what kind of, they are those your ideas? Like, what kind of, do your thing as well? like that music video yeah. would you like have your input to how you wanted it to go like how yeah so that video is a crazy story as well um yeah the, josh and his wife audrey who helps him with a lot of the creative direction stuff she's so talented um they came up with concepts of just kind of the really you know high contrast high saturated colors and the yellow hair and the, the eye makeup and they came up with that idea and they had you know kind of a they work with a, a, a photographer, a videographer yeah. that, for all of their videos. He's so talented as well. So he was there, and they had the shot list of all the different shots we wanted to get for it. 
and we started trying to do these movements, these shots, and it just was, it, it just, it was just bad. Like, it was just not translating. It, you know, yeah. it just wasn't working, and we were trying to make it work for a couple hours, and we were coming up on the time that the rental, the room rental was like, for the studio was going to be over, and we were just like, bro, we literally have nothing. Yeah. Like, like, it looks good. And I don't know what happened at that point, but Graham, who was on the camera, he just was like, okay, well, I'm just going to, like, roll for a little bit and see if we get anything, if anybody wants to just do anything. So I was just like, okay, like, let's go. So I just got up there and, like, all the weird dancing that you see in that, which yeah. is shit that I started doing, like, on the fly, and everybody <laughs> was just dying laughing in the room. And, you know, I was like, Josh, come dance. And so he got up there and started doing stuff, and we just started, like, truly, like, just totally messing around for like the next hour like the last hour we had and that's all that's in the video that was edited was like just that last hour of shooting of us just totally unscripted like wow. you know so that was a fun thing because i feel like the concepts were all down um aesthetically before i got there but then it's mm -hmm. just like you can have all this stuff planned kind of like the spontaneity of what i was talking about earlier it's like sometimes you're just like shit's just not working out and then you just catch a vibe and you go with it, yeah. you know? And that's just kind of what unfolds. So, yeah. That's amazing, that's though. Like, that's a great memory. Yeah. I enjoy telling that story. That's amazing. Like, yeah. it's crazy because, like you said, you could have all this stuff planned, but sometimes some of the best things happen when it's, like, in the moment and it's kind of, like, Absolutely. just free-flowing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've kind of found out with some podcasts I've done. I love, like, bullet points oh, yeah. and questions. Like, I've got a few bullet points and questions for this. But, like, sometimes it's like you can then press on something and the energy and the synergy and it just kind of, like, goes Totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah, that happens in conversation. I feel like that's a huge – that gets men – like, people don't think about that a lot. Like, conversation is, like, really an art. And I don't mean it in, like, a skill art. I mean, like, it's – there's inspiration to it, you know, there's, like, really magical things that happen in conversation, and, like, you start chatting with somebody at the coffee shop, and, like, all of a sudden, you're, like, deeply connecting to this person, because, mm -hmm. like, a conversation just kind of takes off, and that's something I feel like every single day that people experience and don't really put that in the category of creativity, you know, or, like, yeah. inspiration, and it totally, and what you do as well, like, it's not just, like, interviewing and talking and asking questions, like, it's, yeah. there's like magic to that you know yeah no I, I agree massively and I think like flies keep falling through my window um the um yeah like it's it's like you're not just talking to someone you're, you're tuning into them you're channeling and if you both on the same wavelength it then just goes that bit higher yeah um yeah yeah that, absolutely it is. It's a hard thing to express what it is. Wavelength is a good term for it, but it's, yeah. it's definitely like an, an energetic thing, you know, yeah. like, because it can come out of left field. Like, you're not even talking about something related, and then all of a sudden it's just like, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. it's really cool. Yeah. I love it. It's amazing. I mean, it's life, isn't it? I mean, like, it, it's nice to actually, I think that's why I think face-to-face -face and talking to how we are is so important, because people... You know, caught up on the phone or playing games and human communications like it's so important. Yeah. 
and you know through connecting with other people you learn things about yourself sure and um you're quite i've seen that you're quite spiritual and you're quite you know tuned to energy and things like that like what kind yeah. of got you into that like if you just kind of like yeah. in you like i saw you've got a lot of mice from those, those nice lamps in the back those like oh nice um, yeah my dude i would show you around right now but it's uh, yeah, it's fine, don't worry. I've been working on several projects and there's shit everywhere yeah. <laughs> in here. So I can't I can't do that right yeah. now. But yeah, I've got you know, I've got I lit my Palo Santo before we started the call. Nice. Like a real mystical bitch. Yeah. And got my crystals. Nice. My amethyst. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's you know, the it just you know, it brings a certain mood to yeah, it. Yeah. But all this stuff, you know, this for me, like beautiful things or smells. It's ways to engage your senses and I feel like helps you to engage parts of your soul when you're like really engaging your senses. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for me, like the journey of like deep self-reflection and um, trying to know myself like on a deep level started, it's been almost three years ago. my youngest brother was murdered randomly. He was 19. Hmm. And that was kind of like the bottom, you know, obviously like it's like what else, like (laughs) it's really bad, you know, but at the same time, it, it kind of emptied me out and kind of opened up this whole new doorway for me. Um, It just really brought on this whole detachment from form, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, you know, there's sometimes when you lose someone that you feel like you die too, you know, like your sense of who you are or like this whole life that I'd set up for myself. Like, it just felt like all of that, just the moment I got the news was just gone, you know, and I was in shock for a couple of months and all this stuff. But I feel like that was really the point for me of, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, like, it's not like that was some awakening moment for me. Like, my yeah. life was fucking miserable for, like, a year. I was, like, not able to accept what happened. I wasn't able to accept and express my anger mm. or um, my sadness on a deep level. I mean, I cried a lot and stuff, but then I would try to snap out of it and get back to being productive and... Yeah. You know, it was just, my life was very compartmentalized, all my feelings were. So I feel like it was after about a year, year and a half after um, I lost him that I kind of started to feel curious about, like, do I have to suffer this much? You know, like, of course I've been suffering, and I've always thought that when you lose someone, especially in a way like this, that, yeah, you just suffer. And then I was like, well, how long do I have to suffer? And then that kind of became like, do I have to be suffering like this? And then, of course, I don't know, you know, I'm sh- Eckhart Tolle, like, and this other writer, Byron Katie, who I'm a really big, um, she's influenced me deeply. Yeah, they yeah. talk a lot about suffering as a gateway into waking up, you know? Yeah. And then that's the way that you kind of start to realize that something as visceral as suffering is uh, in the mind, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in the form of thoughts. And think starting to realize that for me just opened up this whole other world of Mm. like wait a second my entire world is like a projection of my thoughts yeah you know and then of course once you get into that realm it just breaks everything open you know yeah so uh so 
now I just, you know, I'm still healing and still learning how to like, you know, accept all of my feelings and not just try to feel good all the time. But like, Mm. you know, I found that like peace, like ultimately what I'm trying to do is not to feel good. I'm trying to be at peace and feel joy, you know, which like joy happens in the, even in the midst of sadness or anger or any of these other feelings, like joy is like a deeper way of being, you know, mm-hmm. it's an acceptance and a peace with the world as it is. And you can have whatever feelings that you have about the world and still have peace and accept those feelings and accept the world. Mm-hmm. So it's this very expansive experience that I feel surprised by every day, you know, the things that come up and the new ways that I find to accept. Yeah. the world and, and myself and others deeply um it's beautiful dude i just every day is like even in the days that i wake up and i'm just feeling like irritable you know i'm just like what can i learn today like yeah. what's going to come up today like it's just you know what i mean it's just an yeah, openness so that's what it's this openness toward things as they are and not trying to block off like mm. and protect yourself you know so yeah. No, it's it's um no, I appreciate you talking about that and you know, it really means a lot, like, you know, going into it and it's like you said, you know, sometimes some something can happen which then makes you feel a certain way and then like you said, you're tuning into your thoughts and your emotions and mm. when you start questioning like, you know, what what what's going on? What what why? Yeah. And when you, like you said, you, Eckhart Tolle, he's, I've never heard of the lady, but Eckhart Tolle, he's really Yeah, good, Byron obviously. Katie is her name. You should check her out. It's, yeah. it's really powerful. It's really powerful. Yeah. And um, like you said, like, the, your thoughts, like you said, the projection of your reality and, like, these things we aren't taught, are we in, like, education? education and, like, no. So, it, like you said, when you start thinking about those things and how we work as people and energy like you said it, it does open up like another world and when you like you know you I think some sometimes if you talk about it some people don't really understand because they haven't been to those certain kind of places mm-hmm. like in themselves sure. yeah but like you know when you when you have and you understand it um it's quite it's quite significant yeah. What about you? Like, do you, do you have a, a kind of a, did something, did you have an event in life or like, did you come across a book or like what, what was kind of your, your entry point? Um, I mean, I said, I've always, back in, as a kid, I've always, said, I've always been aware, you know, like as a kid, from what my family say. But I think that the significant thing happened to me, I, I had an accident where I fell for a skylight. I was messing about. Wow, like from a roof. Yeah, I was messing about. Oh with, wow. I was messing about with friends. Sure. And this skylight smashed, and I fell down about fifteen, like ten, fifteen feet in between that. Wow. Yeah. And I, I ended up cutting my arms. Sort of fell down like this. Yeah. Landed on a sink. And you know, very very lucky. So that. I from from that I had PTSD, you know, like post traumatic stress disorder. I know it well, yes yeah. sir. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had that and uh, I had lots of other stuff going on in school as well. Um yeah. and then from all that when I came you know, when I came through it, 
Um, I mean, this was what I'm. I'm 26 now, so I was like 13. Okay. So quite some time, but yeah, through that, I just really became aware of my thoughts and like how the body works and like the mind and it, like you said, it kind of opened up my yeah. my awareness that bit more. Um, yeah. And my mum's always been into crystals. My mum's, you know, because I mean, you want to go. You're already vulnerable. You're already. Um, fragile mm-hmm. so um, going to someone that might be more nurturing we don't always think of men as nurturing it's more uh, well from what we've been taught more barbaric and, and utilitarian if you want yeah no that's it I mean but it's like you know anyone can tune some emotions True. you know it doesn't matter whether it's a man or woman I think I think the thing is a lot of people don't like feeling vulnerable. A lot of people don't like going into things. So they they choose to like play it off. But I think by, by doing that you, you probably make it worse. That's more than negative. Self sabotage almost. Even though we hmm. right. But it's it's interesting. No, no, no. Sorry, no, I do fine. agree with you that it's it, it does come down to self sabotage. We do do that a lot as humans. That shouldn't be the main driving force of you posting shit. And that is why some people post stuff, because they want to get the likes. There's got to be something more behind it, like you said, work and yeah. jobs. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's it, man. That's it. No, I, I don't post stuff really for, for attention and stuff like that. I just post stuff about my day, really, yeah. on, on my Instagram and whatnot. And people will see that you're being genuine as well. You need to be yourself and you need to be genuine like you are, like, you know, like I am as well. And we all have days where we don't feel as good or we have down days, you know. Like, I, you know, I do this podcast and I'll post video content and pictures. But, you know, I, I have days where I feel like, I feel like crap or I feel 